Welcome to It's All Mental, a podcast from Every Turn Mental Health. Mental isn't a bad word. There's no health like mental health. We're here to talk about every high and low, no limits, just good conversation. Welcome to today's episode of It's All Mental. The topic of today is CBT. On a personal note, I had CBT a couple of years ago, and I've got to say it's one of the best things I've ever done in terms of helping me manage my own mental health, and I still use the tools and techniques all the time. So I'm really looking forward to get into the subject and share more with our listeners. I'm delighted to be joined by Monica today. So welcome, Monica. If we could just get going with you telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, thank you, Emily. Uh, So my name is Monica Travalsa, and uh, I'm a registered uh, CB cognitive behavioral therapist, uh, um, currently working uh, for Every Turn Mental Health. Um, I also work as an EMDR practitioner, uh, and I'm a cognitive behavioral couple therapist in training at the moment. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, brilliant that you're you're joining us today. Um, If we can start just by explaining what CBT is, so what do the letters um, stand for, just as a, as a start, that would be lovely. Yeah, so um, CBT stands for Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, and uh, what CBT is, uh, is a, a talking therapy. It's a talking therapy that um, helps the people explore the relationship between uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, um, emotions, uh, but also the uh, behaviours, what they do. Um, one of the basic ideas of um, of CBT is that uh, um, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations and body are all in areas that they are interrelated. And we are when we are not well uh, um, mentally, um, this there is a vicious cycle that starts between these areas and they start affecting each other. And that is when CBT becomes quite helpful to break that cycle. Um, one of the also important ideas about the CBT is this concept of uh, negative automatic thoughts. Uh, so um, w- what we say in CBT is that uh, all thoughts uh, obviously are important. We have uh, positive thoughts, neutral thoughts about events. Uh, and also when things are not going right, we might start having a lot of uh, negative thoughts. Uh, these are the ones that we target in therapy. Now, they are called negative uh, not because uh, they are bad, uh, but because uh, they affect uh, how we feel uh, and how we interact with the environment around us. Uh, so mm, also are called automatic because uh, they seem uh, to pop in. They are very, uh, we, don't, we don't welcome them. We don't want them. Uh, they are very powerful, really believable. Uh, and again, uh, they are very strong to the point that we change how we feel and how we what we decide to do about events. So this concept of negative automatic thoughts is a very key concept in cognitive behavioral therapy because the idea of the therapy is to provide the clients with tools, strategies that they can use to break that cycle and to learn to lift their mood. Because as you said before, Emily, we are still using uh, these skills. Uh, they are still applicable. Uh, so, and this is one of the good things of CBT that uh, the strategies that you learn in therapy, you can use them later on in life for different things that you might encounter. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one of the definitely one of the most powerful things that I've learned from it. And it's still a practice. I think just recognizing, picking up when you've had a thought, and particularly when it's yes. an unhelpful thought, can be one of the most useful things in terms of just recognizing yeah. that you're having, yeah. almost observing yeah. the fact that you're having Exactly. 
and I think this is one of the one of the key things uh, when people start to do in CBT that they become aware. Uh, they become aware of the type of thoughts that they have, uh, and sometimes people might feel quite scared of the thoughts that they have. So becoming aware and and uh, learning to recognize them. Uh, to know that it's normal uh, to have a certain thought when certain life events are happening around them uh, is so uplifting uh, for them. Uh, um, and also they become empowered. That's the good things I love about CBT, they empower people uh, to find the resources they already have uh, and that perhaps they never thought uh, they had available uh, and to, to learn uh, to practice and put them into, into action. So yeah. once you get the awareness, you can actually break the cycle by doing things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just the other day, I noticed myself having like a negative thought. And just by recognising it and then I shared it with somebody else, they just said to me, well, I think that's really common to have those kind of thoughts. Yeah, like I speak to lots of people who have those kind of thoughts. And just that, I think, in itself yeah. was really reassuring in terms of going, OK, great that I recognise it. No, yeah. it's not true, but also just having that kind of validation yeah. um, that lots of people experience yeah. the same thing, I think is really and powerful. I think, yeah, you got a good point, Emily, because uh, people think that uh, you you can only have negative thoughts if you are depressed, or if you are anxious, if you are panic. But as you said, everybody has got a negative thought because this is who we are. This make us humans. Uh, um, we all mind read, we all catastrophize, and that is completely... Uh, being okay, being human mm. obviously the, uh, when we when we we think we need help is when these thoughts become uh, too much they become too extreme uh, and uh, too powerful and they stop doing uh, what we want yeah definitely so can you talk to us a little bit about what cbt is used to treat so what kind of thing it's suitable for uh, yeah, so the NICE guidelines, uh, the NHS guidelines, the guidelines, they suggest the CBT as one of the um, elective treatment for depression, anxiety disorder, like uh, normally known as a generalized anxiety disorder or GAD, panic, uh, health anxiety, specific phobias, uh, um, OCD, stress management, uh, PTSD, um, only if one single event. Uh, that is very important. Uh, so if there are more events that happen to people, we might consider the other therapy that is called the EMDR. And I think you did a good video about that. Um, we also use uh, um, uh, CBT for long-term condition, uh, uh, like a chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, um, chronic pain, uh, IBS. Uh, and I guess uh, uh, sometimes uh, people think that uh, in this case, uh, CBT will uh, take uh, the illness away or will take uh, the cure the illness or take the pain away. And we have to be realistic and say, no, that is not what's going to happen. However, I worked with a lot of people uh, with long-term conditions and the aim of the therapy at the end was to help them to manage better the symptoms, the pain, knowing that perhaps they, they, they it's not that they cannot do things anymore, but they might need to do things differently. So again, a change the way they see themselves towards the illness. And if they have any beliefs about the illness, they are stopping them from actually carry on living. Yeah, so it sounds like it's... Um suitable for a really wide range of things so perhaps yeah. more than what people might think it 
could be oh, useful yes. for. There's a place for CBT. But I yeah. guess it's a little bit, you're right, right, the kind of EMDR conversation that we've also had. It's very individual. It's very personal to that person. So mm. depending on kind of the complexities that's yeah. going on for an individual, then there yeah. would be kind of conversations with a therapist or an assessor in terms of yeah. how appropriate CBT might be or how useful CBT might be for that person at a particular time. And sometimes there's other things that might be going on in that person's life that they would want to focus on first and then maybe CBT exactly. could be useful a little bit longer down the line. Yeah, exactly. I guess uh, when, when I offer CBT to clients, uh, I kind of make sure that they wanted to engage with the practicality of the CBT, knowing that there are tasks in between session projects that needs to be completed. And these are important for every session to progress. And without these practical strategies being, being carried out in between sessions, you won't have any effect from the CBT. So I guess it's the ability to engage with this task. Yeah, absolutely. You, I remember that as well, the kind of homework in between sessions and that being a really important part. And so, yeah, that makes total sense in terms of you need to be ready to engage with the, the therapy itself. So brilliant. Can mm. you talk to us a little bit about what the sessions actually look like? So kind of if someone's thinking about um, considering CBT, can you talk to us a little bit about what those kind of initial sessions might look like and what they might that might involve? Appreciating that it is individual for each person, yeah. but just to give us a bit of a flavour of what the sessions look like. Yeah, sure. So in uh, the first time I meet a client, uh, I would uh, agree together what is the main problem they wanted to work on uh, um, and try to break these problems into different components. And because we look in CBT at thoughts, uh, feelings, physical sensation, behavior, so we needed to kind of like fill out these phases and see what is that made up this uh, this problem and how we can work on based on then the the difficulty they are they are facing uh, we can work out uh, together a treatment plan um, so if, for example, they are very old time, very tense, they are unable to relax, we know already that doing some relaxation exercise will be helpful. If they said that they cannot sleep in the night because they have a lot of thoughts that go through their mind, they prevent them to fall asleep. In that case, we know that we will need to do some sleep management as well as learning of uh, teaching them how to uh, write down these thoughts in the daytime so that they can actually offload to the mind. Um, if they have stopped doing things uh, and they, they, they are important in their life, we know that we need to do some behavioral activation, uh, planning activities and increasing these activities progressively. So obviously there are a lot of things that we can do. And in the first session, uh, we will plan together uh, what is that they need. We obviously assess risk. That is normally something that is done on every session because we need to make sure that the person is able to maintain their own safety because the work we do implies a lot of them feeling uncomfortable sometimes and doing things that perhaps they have been avoiding for a long time. So it's, not, it's important that they are safe throughout the therapy. And uh, and we set the goals. So I guess in the in the following sessions, they will be uh, discussing something new that is part of the treatment plan we agreed in session one, review the progresses, the, the difficulties, what went well, what, what the struggles, and uh, take something new to, to put in the therapy and build up for the next step. So new task, and so on. 
We normally review the goals that we set uh, at the beginning uh, halfway through so that to make sure that we are in the right direction. We look at questionnaires. We use the questionnaires in the service uh, to, uh, to measure uh, how we are doing, but also to make sure that we are actually targeting the problems they want uh, to target. So I guess it's important as well for the, for the, for the um, uh, clients uh, to know that they can always set whether the therapy is not working well or if they think they are not achieving what they want. So I always invite people to be very open during the sessions. And at the end of the therapy, we always review again everything that we have done and we work out our relapse prevention plan because the idea is that now that you have all these skills, all this knowledge, what are you going to do after you finish the therapy? Knowing that difficult situations will will carry on, will keep happening because that is life, uh, how they are going to manage uh, these difficult situations in the future so that they can avoid relapsing. Yeah, that makes sense. So very much kind of going from the start being around goals, again, making that very personal to the individual and then working through the achievement of those goals through the sessions and through the the, the time in between sessions and then that exactly. relaxation piece at the end that will make sense yeah. and in terms of um its effectiveness have you got any examples of kind of particular cases or particular kind of examples that you could give around um cbt's effectiveness you mentioned things like behavioral activation there so it would be nice maybe to break down what that looks like in terms of kind of what that might entail for an individual and yeah is there any, any other examples that you would give yeah, so with regard to behavioral um, activation, it's something that we use, uh, especially with depression. So we know that people, when they are very depressed, uh, they stop doing what they want, what they like, what they enjoy. And uh, sometimes the people, uh, they just carry on with life because, for example, they have to pay the bills. So they carry on working uh, or if they have uh, family commitment to just uh, tick the boxes and do I took the baby, the children to school, uh, I cooked the meal for my husband. But everything else uh, is uh, basically nothing. They don't enjoy things, they don't engage in hobbies. So doing behavioral activations uh, is uh, helping the client to understand what is missing uh, in their life. Uh, and so we look at routine activities uh, from simply getting up, uh, brushing their own teeth, uh, having a shower, uh, having a nice breakfast, uh, to uh, doing the pots, uh, doing the laundry. And sometimes all of these things, uh, they start disappearing. Other people do the minimum because they just don't feel the energy to do things. But also we look at if there is something important that they have stopped doing, um, that they might be avoiding. And sometimes people have stopped, for example, working, which obviously have an impact on the finance. And also one of the most important things that people stop enjoying things. So uh, we look at uh, what did you like? What did you use to enjoy? Hobbies, uh, things that they make them happy and make them feel relaxed. And we try to incorporate bits of these activities every week so that at one point the person can look back and feel that they are actually living the life to the full um, or that they feel they are achieving um, but at the same time that they are enjoying and that is very important to lift the people's mood because if people are depressed and they look back and they see they have not done anything with their time they will feel more depressed they will start feeling bad about themselves beating themselves up for not having done or not having been achieved and you can see already the cycle uh, that will carry on 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And is there any kind of particular tips that you'd give people in terms of some of the kind of most common things that, that come up during CBT? Um, I'm just thinking, you know, if, if people listening may be interested in having CBT itself, but also might be kind of there might be some simple tools and techniques that might be kind of useful to people. I remember one from mine, which was tea time, which was just a way of kind of doing that reflection on kind of what have my thoughts been, what have my emotions been, what actions have I taken off the back of that? And that's just been something that stuck with me as kind of just a, a simple technique to kind of remember and, and do that reflection in. Is there anything like that that you would say is, is particularly um, common or, or useful for people? Um, yes, I guess uh, one of the uh, most common things uh, sometimes is uh, for people like if you notice that an, an event is upsetting you rather than uh, um, being overwhelmed by the emotions, uh, just uh, stop a moment, uh, literally stop saying even to yourself, uh, stop, breathe, uh, just nice deep breathing and uh, ask yourself what's going on. Try to, to really understand what's going on uh, and try to to, understand, to to kind of unpack your thoughts. Uh, it's not always easy to unpack thoughts, so it's again a technique that it would request some time uh, to master, but you can just simply start just looking at, okay, I'm, I'm facing this, I'm feeling uh, angry or panic. Uh, what is exactly going on through my mind? Uh, what is, uh, well, how am I feeling in my body? So learn to listen, uh, how your body is telling you that something uh, is not right for you um, and what's going on around you. And the breathing, uh, I think if you, I, I always say to people, uh, go back to your breathing. Uh, that is so important. Sometimes we breathe too fast, uh, especially when we are anxious uh, or we actually kind of like hold the breath. Uh, it's like we are constantly scared that if we breathe, something happened. Uh, um, so actually, I always say to people, go back to your breathing and making sure that that you breathe nicely without any particular effort. I guess that is one of the of the key things, uh, as well as uh, learning people to find the, the me time, uh, um, learning uh, to find uh, some time for themselves uh, to debrief, uh, to breathe, uh, and uh, just simply to, to say, "How am I doing today?" Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, it, I always think with these things, they're such simple things, but they're often the most powerful, aren't they? Just with everyday life, for a lot of people, it can be quite busy and just that time to go. Yeah actually pause I don't need to react to this straight away I can give myself a little bit of time to process what's going on within my mind within my thoughts and within my body um really really simple but I think really really powerful thank you for that and so um just to finish off if someone's listening to this and they're thinking actually I think CBT could be really useful for me how would somebody go about accessing cognitive behavioral therapy Right, so they can so, refer to the service, uh, they can go to the to the main page uh, and they will find all the information for them to self-refer, uh, a quick form for them to complete. We have this form and we can then contact the client and start off the referral. They can ask as well the doctor to refer them if uh, uh, for any reason they feel like they need this extra help, but also uh, other mental health professional, uh, professional can, can refer, so that is, uh, that is not a problem. Um, and so, so it's very simple and confidential um, and so you can always withdraw your consent as well to carry on with the referral so it's not that if you started the process and if you change your mind uh, you you just have to go on with that uh, you you always need to 
I always say to people, do therapy when you are ready to do it. Uh, nobody can force you. Um, you will feel when you are ready to, to open up. Uh, and if you start something and then you change your mind, that's okay. We are always here. And so we are always here to listen. Wonderful. Thank you. And you're talking about NHS Talking Therapy. So you, that's just one of the services that you work within um, and that every mm-hmm. mental health deliver in a number of locations. But for listeners who may be listening from somewhere else in the UK where one of our services isn't based, NHS Talking Therapies are everywhere across England and uh, across the UK. So just by Googling NHS Talking Therapies, you should find a service which is close to you. Thank you so much, Monica, for joining today. I'm sure everyone listening is going to find that really, really useful. So big, big thanks. You're very welcome. Um, I will also add some readings and some websites so that people will find it very helpful. Um, and uh, yeah, you can start having your own reading, uh, check our websites uh, and uh, yeah, let's take it from that. Yeah, we'll make sure that's in the podcast notes, definitely. Thank you so much, Monica. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to It's All Mental, a podcast from Every Turn Mental Health. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to follow, rate and share. See you next time.